truth, facts, and lies. But only one can set you free. Find out on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello again, everyone. Dr. Johnny here, and thank you for tuning in to Pushback. As I've mentioned on so many other podcasts, things certainly change a lot uh, over the course of a week uh, in between the times that I'm able to share my heart with you. Uh, the Claussen family is hunkering down like many of you, but uh, we aren't slowing down. Um, my daughter is now engaged and uh, will be getting married this summer. I will be a grandfather in about a month, and my job has required me to shave my face. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see a very clean-shaven Dr. Johnny. I haven't shaved since I don't know when. It's been years and years. Uh, so I shaved off a lot of gray, so that's one advantage, but uh, I am clean shaven. It's required for our uh, protective masks that we wear in the emergency department uh, for us to be clean shaven. So it became hospital policy, and uh, so my face may look a little different to you if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, it is sure, sure fun to uh, share my heart uh, each and every week with you. Uh, there's so many things that have been going on. It's been uh, somewhat coronavirus uh, intensive lately. And because it's been a uh, consuming part of our conversation and our culture, and this podcast is all about culture and about our role in the culture and the part that we play. So it is always uh, uh, good to take a break in the action and share my heart with you. We're also right in the middle of a remodeling project at our house <laughs> as well. So uh, I am literally taking a break. Uh, you should see my hands. They are looking like I've been working pretty hard, uh, but it's nice to sit down and share my heart each and every week. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, it's been encouraging uh, and I appreciate uh, spending time with you. Today, I want to talk about something that is so important, uh, so critical, not only to our culture, but to our lives specifically. And the last podcast, uh, I talked a lot about our role uh, as sons and daughters here on this earth, and that we as Christian families, as Christians, as, as sons and as daughters, we are actually ambassadors of heaven, and we have work to do. That's why we're here. Um, it's why Jesus hasn't just come and taken us home. Uh, it's because we, we are here for a purpose, and he loves this world. He loves this world. And you can even see my logo behind my head here in my recording studio that uh, the earth is important to him. And, and we are here as his ambassadors to bring hope and light and peace and joy and love on this earth. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? There is no plan B. We, we are the ones who are placed uh, as, as his people who bear his name here on this earth. And we also talked about that we have a real enemy who also has a job description to steal, kill, and destroy. And today I want to talk about those realms that we, that we live in, uh, that we are part of uh, as his kids. And I want to talk about truth and lies. Now, 
as you probably know about me so far, I, I do like words quite a bit. And if you ask somebody, you know, what is truth? Pilate actually asked that of Jesus. What is truth? You probably would say, well, it's not a lie. If you ask somebody what's a lie, they'd say, well, it's not the truth. <laughs> it's hard to define these words that we use every day uh, because uh, sometimes they're confusing and sometimes we don't know exactly what they mean. So let's talk about truth. Now, truth is the thing. What do I mean by that? It's, it's a reality. <coughs> it's something that we partake in. It's, it, it is something. Truth is something. Whereas lies are not a thing. A lie can only be a, a contrary or counterfeit of the truth. And truth is actually a realm. It's a realm of his kingdom. You know, when we talk about uh, creation and what the Lord has created and placed here on this earth, everything that he placed here was what he spoke and what he created. It was the culture that he created here on this earth. And truth was a significant core cultural truth that he created in the Garden of Eden. It's a representative of the kingdom of heaven. It's actually a realm. It's a thing, it's a realm, and it's a person. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He is truth. And Jesus was there at the beginning. In the beginning was the word. That was Jesus himself. Truth injected into our culture here on earth. So truth is a reality. It's a thing. It's a realm. And it's a person. Now, this realm has a father. I love talking about fathers because the father, the creator, loving father, is the, the one who, who is it's his kingdom. It's his king domain. And, and he injected truth into his kingdom. So if I would define the word truth, I would say that truth is the reality of the kingdom. Jesus came to say, behold, the kingdom is at hand. Why did he keep saying that? He was saying that the kingdom is real and it's me. So when it's at hand, he's like, you can actually reach out and touch me. I am truth. And I am the kingdom. It's the reality of the kingdom and the absoluteness of his word. The reality of the kingdom and the absoluteness of his word. Well, let's talk about lies then. So lies are not a thing. The only way lies can become a thing is if we let them become a thing. If we, if we give it a platform for it to sit on. Now, lies also have a realm. It's the kingdom of hell. And it has a father. In fact, the Bible says that he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, again, Satan is not a creator. He's not the equal and opposite of God. He is a defeated foe, a created being. And all he can do is bring counterfeit to what is true. So a lie is an attempt to have us not believe in the reality of the kingdom or the absoluteness of his word. So truth is the reality of the kingdom and the absoluteness of his word. A lie is simply an attempt by the enemy to have us not believe in the reality of his kingdom or the absoluteness 
of his word. And my friend, Satan is a one-trick pony. It's all he has. All he can do is attack us on the realm of our identity and who we are and to try to have us believe that the, the kingdom isn't real or the kingdom isn't for us or the things that the Lord says isn't real or isn't absolute. You know, we see that in our culture today where they say there is no absolute truth. They try to convince that, that, that we can believe something and it's true for you, but that might not, might not be true for me. That's a philosophy of humanism that, that rejects absolute truth. And, it, and it, it's based on uh, the things that we believe or the things that we adhere to, not understanding that truth itself is actually a realm. It's a reality. It couldn't be more real and true. And my friends, it couldn't be more absolute. And absolute truth doesn't actually require you to believe it for it to be true. <laughs> There's a newsflash. That's the other thing the world will tell us, is for something to be true, you have to believe it. Well, that's not really the case, because the Father actually created something and injected truth into this world, and it's there whether you believe it or not. I would highly advise that you do <laughs> believe it and embrace it, because it's beautiful and it's wonderful. So Satan is a one-trick pony. He comes into the garden, and and they said, well, what did God say about the garden? They said, well, we have these boundaries that he placed around us. And, of course, Satan, first thing he says is, did God really say? He questioned the reality of the kingdom, the motives of God, and the absoluteness of his word. That's what he does. He's the father of lies. So there are these realms, realms of truth and realms of lies and, and we actually are, have been given free choice in what we are going to embrace and what we are going to lean into. But there's a third realm, and it's the realm that we live in. It's this realm of this world. And here in the third realm, there's a third reality, and that's what I call facts. F-A-C-T-S, facts. So what do we do with these facts? I'm a physician, and every day my whole profession is dealing with data and facts and the things that are before me. See, facts, we don't need to be afraid of them, and we don't need to, de to deny them, and we don't need to try to sweep them under the rug. But we actually are to take the information that we have here on this earth, and we're supposed to run it through a kingdom filter and then see what comes out. What do I mean by a kingdom filter? Remember, there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of hell. And they operate in different realities, the realm of truth and the realm of lies. And we can take these things that are before us, uh, even these crises moments that we have, and we can push them through a filter and see what comes out. See, the fruit of truth is faith. Faith is a powerful word, also a word not easily understood. But when we take facts, when we put it through the filter of the kingdom of heaven, what comes out is faith. Our, our belief is actually, is actually buoyed, is actually bolstered. And we believe in his kingdom and we're actually strengthened. And, and even as we talked about in last podcast, we should get sort of a, uh, of a, a game, my, uh, uh, game face on, a mindset where you know, things aren't going to happen on our watch. And, we, and my, as my wife would say, we get a little stompy. We get a little fire in our eyes because that's what faith does. It stirs us. 
So we can, we can, we can receive facts, but we can be stirred into faith. When we take the same facts and we push it through a filter of lies, what the enemy tries to convince us that his kingdom isn't real or the things that he says to us aren't absolute, the result is fear. Fear. And so if you're facing a situation, if you're facing a crisis and what's coming out is fear, is it possible that you're believing a lie? So the crisis that's in front of you, the things that you're facing, the fact of the matter is real. But what comes out, what's the fruit, what, what happens when you push it through the filter of life, is it, is it, is it provoke faith or does it provoke fear? If you are suffering with fear, if you are gripped by, by anxiety and worry, it's quite possible that the enemy is whispering in your ear and trying to convince you that his kingdom isn't real or that his word isn't absolute. I mean, let's face it. We have real battles. This isn't a mind over matter thing. This isn't um, that we deny what is happening in front of us. This is about knowing who we are, taking the facts, and pushing it through the filter and seeing what comes out so that we can evaluate where we sit as ambassadors of his kingdom. As I mentioned before, I'm a physician and, and I, I receive data. I, I receive the result of a CT scan or laboratory results or chest x-rays. And I have to go into the patient's room and convey facts. Now, that doesn't make me lacking faith. It doesn't mean I have to be fearful uh, but I'm a conveyor of facts as part of my profession. And I don't need to feel bad about that. But I also can be a conveyor of his kingdom. I can actually walk in the room and actually, and actually exude life and peace and hope into the situation. What about those who receive the information? The patient. Again, you have to be able to process information, push it through a filter, and see what comes out. There are so many examples. I, I shared my story of my son Jacob last week. It was, it, was, it was horrific. It was horrible. It was painful. But at the result, at the end of it, we, we needed to understand that God is always good. And he wasn't trying to hurt or inflict pain on my child. It was the enemy who wanted to kill him and destroy him. That's his job description. But my God is good. And he is loving and he was faithful and he brought Jacob through this trial and brought all of us through this trial. And the result of it is that my faith has actually increased. It's part of the impetus that I'm sitting before you speaking to you now is because I'm strengthened in my faith because of what the Lord has done for me in the past. And, and, and every day as I'm indoctrinated and, and saturated by the goodness of his presence, it changes things. And when I feel fear, I know that the enemy is actually gaining territory in my life and that things need to change. And so what about the obvious? We are here in the midst of a pandemic, a coronavirus pandemic. And it's fear-provoking, it's anxiety-provoking, it's we're restless, we're concerned about our finances, our jobs, our positions, our culture. All of these things are rising against us, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us to be focused on the negativity and the pain that is the result. Now, it's real. 
it's not like this virus doesn't exist. And as we as believers, we can't just bury our head in the sand and say, well, God is in charge. He is in charge, but he's put us in charge. We are his ambassadors. We are, we are his mouthpiece. We are the ones who are to bring salt and light and hope and, 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 and joy into this kingdom. We are the ones. So we can even take something like coronavirus and say, Father, use this for your glory. Take, take this situation and turn it for good. Flip the enemy on his ear. What he has intended for harm, Lord, you turn for good. It's what you do. You're really good at it. That needs to be our declaration of truth. The truth of the matter is, is that God is on his kingdom, is on his throne. He's not in danger of losing his kingdom. We are his kids. We can be protected physically, emotionally, and spiritually by his blood. John 8, 31, 32 then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what's he referring to? He's referring to himself. He's referring to the realm. He's referring to his father's kingdom. That, that if we believe, it's about belief. See, it's not a sin to hear a lie but it's a sin to believe a lie. It's about belief. And, and it's also implied in this verse that if we don't believe, if we don't follow him, if we don't listen to his word, and we don't understand the absoluteness of his word, that we live in bondage. And of course, the core of bondage is fear. So this verse also says that identifying and, and pointing out lies is not the answer. Now, listen, I, I think it's super important to understand our enemy. We are in a battle, and, and a real wise military leader will understand the enemy and how he rolls, what he does, what his tactics are. Well, as I mentioned before, I'll give you his tactic. He's a one-trick pony, and he, all he's going to do is attempt to have us believe, to not believe in the reality of his kingdom or the absoluteness of his word. That's, that's the strategy of the enemy. Remember, Jesus was a master at this because where the first Adam failed, the second Adam succeeded. Satan came to Adam and Eve and he tempted them and had them doubt the absoluteness of his word. And they they did succumb to the temptation of the enemy and sin entered this world. And he questioned them at the level of their identity and the authority of the power of the word of God. But here's Jesus. He goes into the wilderness and he's hungry. He's tired. His body and soul are weakened but his spirit was strong and he knew who he was. But Satan saw a vulnerability in Jesus and he goes to him. And guess what he says? It's ludicrous, but Jesus was, was worn out. And he said, if you are the son of God, think about that. And he tempted Jesus just like he did with the first Adam. But the second Adam knew who he was and he counterdicted the temptation and the counterfeit lies of the enemy by speaking truth. Have you not heard that the word says, and he spoke to Adam. And then I believe it's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Satan tempted him three times. Jesus resisted him with the truth. And then scripture says, and then 
Satan left. <laughs> it's, it's such a powerful verse. And wouldn't we all want that in our lives? Don't you want that? Don't you want to be able to identify and resist the temptations and the lies of the enemy? And you speak truth and life into the atmosphere and then Satan leaves. What a formula. I want that for my life. And I'm telling you, it's the truth that sets you free. So part of our strategy in battle is to know what is true about us. Know the truth of who he created and why we're here on this earth. And getting savvy and knowing the tactics of the enemy. Savvy at understanding when we feel fear rising up within us that maybe, just maybe, there are lies that we have believed. Repentance isn't about groveling. Repentance is about running to the Father and having him take off that burden. So repent and say, Father, I'm sorry for believing in the lies, for giving the enemy license in my life to speak into my life. I reject that. I put him under my feet and I replace it with truth. And we begin to speak, like verbally speak what is true about us. I'm an overcomer. I'm his child. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, including coronavirus. The truth will set you free. It will strengthen your spirit. And when our spirit is strengthened, then we are equipped for battle. So when the enemy comes around and he says something ludicrous, like if you are a son or if you are a daughter, then we recognize it. We see it right away and we push it aside and we replace it with his truth. Truth is powerful and we need to live in the reality of his kingdom and the absoluteness of his word. Thank you for tuning in this week. I believe that this is such an important message. Begin speaking truth and life over you and your family this week, even in the midst of crisis and pain, because the Father is faithful and he is good. I have an exciting announcement that we are in the process of working on our Powerhouse Family course. It's our core teaching messages at GoFam Ministry on the power of family, the power of your family. And we are in the process of creating an e-course, uh, a teaching series that can be uh, watched online either in, as individually, as families, as couples, or as small groups in the church, or as large groups in the church. And so stay tuned for that. We are in the process of editing and completing that series, and it will be available for purchase online. We also will have workbooks and instructor manuals that will uh, come alongside that. But we are super excited as we are uh, pursuing um, an online presence and being able to get into every home with a life-giving message of the power of family. So thank you again for tuning in to Pushback. It is my pleasure and privilege to share my heart with you. And I thank you for your attention, your love, and your feedback. Remember, gofam.org to leave any question or comment. And I'd be happy to get back to you and stay in touch with you. So bless you this week as we go together to set and shape the culture. Hey, hey.